Welcome to Together We Rise, the podcast. I'm Maxine, your host, spiritual guide, healer, and intuitive. This is a place for deep interdimensional dives, unpacking our world systems, paradigms, and what it is that we each can be doing to start recreating them. Each episode, I'll be joined by changemakers from an array of backgrounds, ranging from holistic wellness to activism to human rights equality, medical freedom, spiritual teachers, conscious business, and everything in between. Because they all have one common intention, and that is to actualize humanity's potential to thrive. Today's guest is the amazing Dr. Simon Floriani. He is an award-winning chiropractor, speaker, healer, and all-round holistic health champion. With over 25 years practice experience guiding thousands of people and children toward better health outcomes, he truly understands what it requires to create robust health and well-being in all of the dimensions in which we exist. He also happens to be one of my mentors, so this chat was such a highlight for me, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, let's dive in. Okay, welcome, Simon. It is so nice to have you here. Uh, I've had Jen on the show before, which is your beautiful wife, but it is always a pleasure being able to chat with you because for those of you that don't know, I'm going to give him an opportunity to share a little bit about the work that he does, but he's been such a massive mentor for me personally and such a big part of my own journey. And yeah, he's so, I literally picture him with like magic. (laughs) He seriously has this way with people and you know being able to hold the space for them to access their own magic which I guess is what true healers really do so thank you for being here I for having me it's (laughs) it's such an honor and a pleasure you're an amazing uh, I've been very blessed to witness an amazing journey in you over the time that I've known you and how um when you do the work on yourself you really you really do build a foundation that you can you can build a life from rather than just getting what you get and not really knowing where you know who you are you 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 can't really build a strong house on a foundation that you don't even know about or you don't know what it's made of and so mm-hmm. um hats off to you for having the courage to to dig in reset a foundation and build it from from scratch rebuild it from scratch tear it down first and then um and then really, really build a solid foundation, and um, and you're a living example of that. So, mm. you know, hats off to you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Can you share a little bit about what it is that you do for people? Um, you know, they may be familiar with parts of your work. They may be familiar with Jen or well-adjusted babies. But can you share from your own lens what it is that you do and how you ended up in the world of healing and chiropractic? Sure. Well, I was um, fortunate enough to, to be born in Alice Springs, which is the, you know, the, the solar plexus of the earth and um, the, the heart of Australia. And, um, and brought up, my father was a CEO of a, a large Aboriginal corporation up there. And we used to go to the meetings he had with the elders and just play in the, you know, in the, in the camps with the kids. And um, then we also learned Aboriginal at school and um, growing up in the Territory, there's a lot of exposure to um, Indigenous Australians. And um, one of the things about them is that they're spirit-led people first. Mm-hmm. They don't have much attachment to the physical plane. And so when they look at you, they look at your spirit to communicate and connect with your spirit. 
And so they look into your eyes. And if, if you've ever had the good fortune of um, meeting a, an Aboriginal elder, it's like they look into your eyes and then peer deeply into your soul, like someone leaning in right down to your toes to look at who you are mm. and look at your spirit. And a lot of their medicine and a lot of their relationships are built on spirit to spirit communication, which is why they don't sort of speak much. Mm. Um, and they, um, and so I, I remember a tri tribal elder talking to me and I felt like I was naked and someone was just looking at me and I, I was exposed. And I thought actually after, you know, after settling my own anxiety about that, it actually felt really good to be seen. Mm. Um, for who I am and I was only a young boy at that time but it it sort of set a framework for me to to expect that first and to look deeply into the eyes of the person that I'm talking to and and look for where the soul might be unsettled or whether the soul is um, is actually telling you the truth and all of that can be sensed by us and so um, then I um, I set about to become a I wanted to be a, a doctor for children I have always loved children i've always loved healing and um and i did my uh, my early work experience as a um, teenager at the uh, hospital and my father was um friends one of our dear family friends was a pediatrician and i wanted to be like him and at the end of that time he said um don't do this he said you'll only see sick and dying children and it's very um it's very distressing because you can't always help them and then he said do something life giving and I was like, whoa, that, that was my mentor saying, do something life-giving. Um, and so um, at that time, I also did the second week of my work experience with a lady who ran um, the health, Natural Health and Relaxation Center. And that was in the days when massage was considered massage, you know. <laughs> and I told my father that, that mass I was doing it in a massage center. He was like, what? No son of mine is doing a massage. Now this lady um, is, was a pioneer in the, in, the, um, in the 80s. She brought Louise Hay to Australia. She brought Orosoma to Australia. So she was a very powerful healer. And, um, and I just, she happened to have a healing center at the end of our street. And it was, um, I just asked her if I could come and observe. And so I just, again, as a teenager, unknowingly stumbled across this healing and um, this healing center. Then I went on to do hands-on health and Reiki and healing um, and all that sort of alternative um, massage type of... So without even knowing it, I, I sort of stumbled across natural healing. And then um, I was a terrible tonsillitis sufferer at that time. And I had a, a family friend travel through, our, um, through the territory and they, were, they had a chiropractor with them and the chiropractor gave me an adjustment and I was like, I felt like the electricity went on into my throat and I felt literally like someone had switched the lights back on in the building. And, um, and I thought, wow, that is life-giving. In that moment, I thought, that is life-giving. And I didn't know that chiropractors were considered second-class citizens back then or I just knew that this lady was a doctor and I thought, that's me. I was signed up on that moment. I was like, I'm, I'm going to do that. That's life giving. So I just took that advice and I ran with it. And then um, I did different courses and meditation courses. Even as a teenager, I was just fully hooked in and um, involved in everything natural and alternative. Um, and so I, 
I started off with that foundation of looking for the, the spark first. Mm. And, um, and then I, I, I innocently, I enrolled, I was 17 when I came down to Melbourne to study chiropractic. And, um, and I, I had no idea as a night, it was like Crocodile Dundee. I had no idea that people didn't look into someone's eyes first, that they looked at the clothing you wore and the school you went to and the, and the, the car you drove and all those things first to determine what they thought about you or how they interacted with you. And I was the naive Bushman who was like, hi, how are you? And I looked into people's eyes looking for some sort of connection of who they were. And um, ultimately I've carried that spirit centered work into all my relationships and definitely into my work because I look to find the spark, whether it's a, you know, a, a spark that's low or a spark that's electrifying to see whether I can help that spark it's express itself happily and balanced in the body. So mm. I, um, I, I really try and bring the soul and the spirit, you know, the, the, the body is, the, each one of us is a, a mind, a body and a spirit. And I think our biggest mistake is that we bring our kids up and we enter into relationships that are based on, you know, material, mm. uh, on, on body exchanges, whether that's the school you went to or the clothes you're wearing or the, the, the places you go versus who are you and how can I help you express your spirit and how can I add to your flame? And, um, and I think that's, that's, a, that's the change that's happening is that we're all going, this, there's only so many material possessions you can have. There's only so many dinners you can go on or parties you can attend or, or party drugs you can take that give you a high. But the real high is connecting spirit to spirit with someone and it doesn't have to be long but when it happens it's it's an elixir that's worth pursuing mm. because you, you, your soul is developing you can't take anything with you when you go except your soul mm. and so why wouldn't you spend your time growing your soul rather than just working on your body or working on your mind um, you've really got to be happy within yourself you've got to be strong within your spirit because that's that's what we're really here for Mm, absolutely. And I can attest to that with you. In fact, when you were saying that, when you, the peering into like really looking at people, I remember the first time I met you, I was like, I'm not sure about this guy. I actually had an aversion to you big time, but that's because I unbeknowingly at the time you could see me and I was petrified of being seen at that point in my life to that extent. So I didn't put those pieces together, but a few years later I reflected on it and I was just like, that's so interesting to me because one of the deepest yearnings we have is indeed to be seen and received and to be witnessed. Yes. And, yes. you know, you have that ability, but we also have to be ready and willing, you know, for it. And often when people seek out external support or guidance they might not even realize that that's what they're looking for or needing that space to be held and since i've known you which has been yeah i think over seven years now i've witnessed you in clinic a lot especially when i used to live in port melbourne i used to come in quite regularly and i would just watch you and observe how you would interact and engage with people and one of the things i find so fascinating is how many different types of people and energies you interact with and that you are able to 
switch off? Like I've watched, you've got certain rituals that you do in order to disconnect and discharge the energy. And I feel like for people that are listening, especially right now with all of the changes that are happening in the external world that are quite energetically open and potentially empathetic, which is something that we all are, but some of us more so than others, what would you offer to people to be able to engage in the world around them in a way that we are fully engaging spirit to spirit and seeing one another, but not getting caught up in other people's energy and carrying that with us and potentially getting entangled in that because we are all at different levels of frequency and that is perfect. But we also have that exchange that happens where we can give to someone else or we can receive from someone else. But at the same time, then we've got to be able to mitigate that and be able to hold true to ourselves and not get caught into someone else's whirlpool. Or, you know, if we're at a lower frequency, getting attached to someone else's because they feel, you know, expansive to us, which is something that I feel happens, you know, with you. You have that higher frequency and you're there to support others into that. But if we're yeah. not conscious of it, we can also let that deplete us. So I'd be really curious for you yes. to share some of the things that you do for others that are listening, whether they're in a space of doing the healing work or if it's just in exchange with themselves and especially now with that, yeah, I guess, heightened polarity that's going on. Yeah. What would you offer? Well, I would say that the, the first thing which we've already touched on is, is setting the foundation, your foundation right. So you can't really be a, a stable force for yourself if you don't have a foundation to stand on. Um, I find that you know, it, it's the first thing I do in the day is not for anyone else, but for me and my creator, I sit down and um, it, it might be a good process to just look in the mirror and look into your own eyes and go, hey, how are you? What do you need from me? Um, it, it's a, you know, mirror gazing is, is where you can do what I just said about looking into your own eyes and going, what do we need? Um, it's not often that people go, actually, what are my needs? And especially when you first wake up, your spirit's a bit stronger because your mind hasn't kicked in and your body hasn't really kicked in and you've been in a quiet state. So before you do anything else, just look in the mirror and go, hey, look into your own eyes and go, okay, how are we doing? And sometimes you might need to void your bladder and go, okay, that's what I need, you know, first thing in the morning. And then come back to the mirror and go, okay, what else do you need from me? And you'd be so surprised what you get. Sometimes it's just like, how about we take a deep breath and we give ourselves five minutes to just connect with our needs. And then you're coming from a stable base when you meet the world and your family and your workmates and the traffic and the, and the world starts pecking at you. You can go, you know what? I'm going to put that to the side. I'm going to acknowledge that. I'm going to address that. Rather than jumping into your phone and, and, and checking what everyone else is saying and doing and demanding of you, going, what do I need from me? And I think people will have that coffee moment with themselves, but the caffeine then kicks the adrenals, which kicks the body into order. But if you could just sit down with yourself and go, okay, what do we need? And do some eye gazing in yourself and let your soul start to go, well, actually, you know, um, I've, been, I've been wanting to connect with my mother and I just need to call her. And then um, my plants need a water. And some of the things that come up, the dog, 
the dog. I haven't pat the dog for a few days. Like there's things that are really important to your soul that, that sit around you that we can obliterate because we're so busy or pushed by these other uh, mental and physical needs. So it's, it's just good to listen. And it may not be that profound from your spirit, but you'll see there's certain things that, that really lift your spirit up. Just taking deep breaths is a great way to settle your own anxiety. And then you're a better platform to launch into the day. So that would be my first thing. That's, I would rather go without sleep than to, to, have, um, to not have that time with myself. I get up. Uh, it wouldn't be uncommon for me to get up at 3.30 in the morning so I've got an hour, a selfish hour with myself and my creator to find out what we need to do to make us the happiest people we can do today. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, for me, it's a selfish connection with myself and my creator so then I bring a better person to my day. Mm. And it, it's, you know, whether you call that meditation or just connection to spirit, to your spirit, Mm-hmm. And you're created to go, all right, the highest priorities. One of the reasons why I'm abil- I have an ability to connect deeply to people's souls is because I'm not sitting in the background screaming, going, I need help, mm. my spirit, you know, and I'm not needy to myself. I'm quite solid. So I'm like, I'm good. And then I can be there for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, and it creates a different flow because your spirit radar is much broader than your mental or your physical and so then you start getting these synchronicities and you start getting because the spirits on the radar looking for ways to help you be settled and help you be fulfilled and then the rest of the day is you know is all going to be good Mm. yeah absolutely and it's then you also have this level of lightheartedness and playfulness when you come up against things that are heavy and dense. And again, this is not um, by coincidence that we're speaking to this now with the density and the things that are being pulled up to the surface and being asked for us to transmute. And a lot of people are feeling that it's quite heavy and yes, there are real things going on in the world, but how we get to show up and meet that, is up to us. We can let it consume us or we can go, okay, well, this is where we're at. But how do you keep that level of lightheartedness, even amongst the things that you see, you know, you work with all sorts of people with all sorts of healthy experiences and they're at all different levels. Some are in deep suffering and some are really in a place of imbalance physically and it's showing up in pain and all sorts of things. But how do you observe that without giving into oh, yes, the story of your, you know, that, yeah, that is your experience. No, there is no coming back from that. Like, how do you keep the possibility alive with the lightheartedness and the joyfulness, even when you're presented with those things? Well, again, it, it, it comes back to when you fall back on your base and you sit back on your own bum, um, are you fearful? Are you fretful? Are you, uh, playful? My, my style, and I tell people this when I first see them, I said, look, I am, I am, I'm all about safety first because I can launch into high-level mental discussions and debates and I can, um, I can, I can work, I've, you know, worked for years doing all sorts of things, but that's me. And if I'm here with you, um, I want to make sure you're safe. 
And so I don't ever push through boundaries because I want you to change this or I think you should do this. And I might see someone who's morbidly obese and I know the solution is an eating, you know, the way they're eating and all those sort of things, but I'm not going to whack them on the head when they're, they're in their own, um, their own pain mm -hmm. unless they ask for it, unless they want it. Mm -hmm. And so the, the key is to not come from my ego going, I'm going to make you do this. Um, I'm going to force you. My job is to keep it safe first. So I have two themes that I run my life. One is safety because people need to feel more and more safe, not more and more afraid. And then I, um, and I need to have fun. I mm -hmm. want it to be fun. The healing process can be fun, but that's my style. Some people get all ethereal and want to be all heavy and uh, it's not my style. No. So that's because I know myself, I know what I like. And so I've set the tone and the theme for my life. And so I like to be playful. And, and so that's me. And you can decide whatever you want at the same time and go, you know what? Um, I don't have to be some, you know, um, serious kumbaya type of person if I, if I don't want to be. Mm -hmm. um, and just because there's been generations of, of suit and ties, doesn't mean that that's what you have to do and there's there's a big change in all of that going, okay well, i can still get my work done without wearing a suit and tie and being stiff clothing mm -hmm. um i don't have to go to church to be spiritual and mm -hmm. um, burn incense i can actually be whatever i choose and so you set your own theme is the first thing and really discover what what makes you you know when, when they in the um in the eastern philosophies when they talk about the kundalini rising so the evolution of the spirit from the base of survival and um, basic reproduction and, and, and eating and sleeping, you start to move into these other areas of evolution and it comes up the body through the body and you reconnect to your spirit and your guidance and your, 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 your um, creator. And so once you get out of survival, wanting to please everyone else and wanting to be accepted and all those things, you start to go, well, who am I? I'm a playful, lighthearted spirit who's prepared to do the work and I can drop into hard work and, um, and base level things. But then I like to become more playful and fun. And then I really like to share my heartfelt experiences because I, I want to connect with people here. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just connect with the you know, basic interaction. I like rich relationships, but that again is my style. Mm -hmm. If you're a shallow person and there's nothing wrong with being a shallow person, um, stay there enjoy it mm -hmm. um and yet the, the more you evolve into being a spiritual based being you want to actually connect at the heart level at the solar plexus level and the, and then you want to really have meaningful depth and so um i've learned about myself that i like to to keep it safe i don't need to rip solar plexus open or rip these centers open and and start prying and um and that's not to say we ought to go deep with some many people, but some <laughs> people, if they're not ready for it, I'm here to serve them and work with them. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, my first thought is to, for, for my style or for your style is to work out what your style is, mm -hmm. what really talks to your spirit, what makes your spirit sing. Um, for me, it's safety and playfulness. Mm -hmm. And then that enables me a platform to build and build as I help my energy rise into these other realms where you can start accessing um, deeper and deeper healing, deeper and deeper relationships. And so in an environment where let's say the world's going nuts, I set, settle myself first. 
Mm. And I've got to feel safe in myself first. If I keep just going, oh no, and you're buying into dramas, you're already leaving yourself. Mm. And you're buying into someone else's fear, someone else's anxiety. You've got to go, okay, um, settle myself. And then I will start to have more to offer my community, my family, my close relationships. If you're bringing an anxious ball of stress to your family, um, they're going to feel it. And it sets up a friction-filled day, mm. week, month. Um, so settling your own anxiety, settling your own base gives you something to work from. And um, staring in the mirror is the, is the very best thing. Or having time with yourself first in your day. Mm. Not jumping up out of bed. And if you're finding it hard to get out of bed, it's because you've probably gone to bed too late worrying about other people's stuff. So go to bed earlier and you will naturally wake up and go, oh, here I am, rather than be pushed by an alarm clock, you know, and pushed. So you get up, keep it quiet, do some mirror gazing, sit down with yourself, see if you can just start with five minutes without checking your phone and going, hang on, what do I need? What is it that I need? Mm. When you start to do that, you'll go, I'm going to wear those clothes today. I don't even have to worry about what I'm going to wear. I'm actually just, I know that's the right thing. And that's the right thing. Bang. Mm. See, it takes time. It takes less, you're less stressed. And then you go, Oh, I've got all these 10 or 15 things to go. No, no, no. What's the most important thing. Oh, I'll put that one on hold. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do these things. And you're much more discerning because you're settled. Mm. Yes. Discerning. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is the, Oh, ultimate skill where we're at, you know, in this. And, and it's a fitness, right? It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a fitness. You never arrive because you just get better and better at being more discerning, at, at being more spirit-driven. And that's not to say you're not going to get pulled, you know, this morning. I woke up and I thought, oh, I'm just going to cuddle my wife and then I'm going to get up. I had no real rush. And the dogs start barking. Like barking like maniacs at six o'clock in the morning. I was like, okay. (laughs) It shook me and pulled me and I had to go and let them off and let them, you know, but then I thought, okay, what was that for? And I'm Mm going to go, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get pulled off my center. So then I, you know, made a cup of tea and I sat down. I wasn't in bed. I probably would have drifted back off to sleep, but I thought, all right, obviously I need to do some um, longer time with myself. So I just sat awake, more awake than I would have been if I had slumbered um, and just let, let things pull me a little bit in the, in the physical sense to get me up or whatever it was and not judge it or get frustrated or I just like, okay, I'll roll with that and then I'll come back to my center. So I didn't start off at my humble platform center. I got pulled by the dogs. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, that's just a little test. And it's also, there's going to be a gift in here. So mm-hmm. I just let myself settle in front of the you know, heater and have time of quiet mm-hmm. with myself. So you got to, you know, we're all human. So you're going to get pulled and pushed and, and then you can get the, um, you know, the alarm bells going off with all these people and messages and what's happening in the world. And you can go, okay, what can I do for me? Because once I'm good, what can I do for the world? Mm. And what can I do for my community? And then you can build from there. But if you're already pulled and pushed, you just become another stress bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the words you first, everything else follows just came in really strongly. 
So it's, it's that. And even with those bigger conversations, it is all of us are one person. And if we take responsibility for what we're putting out into the world, in our direct world, in our families, our communities, imagine what's possible because then it's not someone else needing to come in for you to fill that void that you haven't filled for yourself. And then it's like half people meeting each other being like, you need to give me this. You need to give me this so that I feel safe and secure. And it's, this is one of the biggest things that we need to learn as those that are willing to take us into new places that we are responsible for ourselves. We are responsible for our own ability of creating safety And only then when we have those lower needs met, which all come back to us, can we have access to moving into those higher places that you've been speaking to. And one of the things that obviously chiropractic works with a lot other than the physical side of things is the nervous system. And that is such an important part from my own experience and from what I've learned from you in being able to actually get ourselves into this place can you talk a little bit about the nervous system and stress and the impacts of that and then i want to kind of move into the endocrine system because that's also part of moving us into those higher realms within the physical body but also in the energetic body so i know that i threw a few things in there hopefully where i was going yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, so so one of the interesting things about um uh eastern medicine is that um the fundamental principles are based on um, above, down, inside out. So, so much of our Western upbringing teaches us outside in principles. I'm going to go back to this. So we take everything from outside and bring it in. Whereas when you're spirit driven first, or when you're looking from an, um, an, uh, an Eastern medicine perspective, you always look from above down. So the, the creator brings, content information energy healing from above down from inside it expresses outwards so we're always looking how do we get the connection from above down into the body and then from inside to out and so um if you look at any um any rituals of of prayer let's say from from centuries and centuries everyone bows their head to allow god to 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 enter through the back of their head so it gets the mind out the way and enter the body from above down and to go inside and then the spark comes out from there and so the center of the brain the pineal gland is 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 where god drops um or 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 you create a drops inspiration which is spirit to inspire means to breathe spirit Mm -hmm. so when you are looking to breathe strength into your spirit you you do your work you get your healing from above down from inside it expresses outwards not a a patch or a drug from outside to in or a a therapy from outside to in you can never really heal from outside you heal from inside and from above first above down inside out so our job as a a chiropractor as a, a chinese med or anyone is looking how do we get the chi how do we get the electricity to move from above down inside and out because then healing can happen all wounds heal from underneath out it's not the detol and the, the the bandage that heals the wound it's the body healing from underneath and from inside so a chiropractor is always looking for ways to get the brain which is the master controller generator to activate enough 
electricity to, to send through the body. And this is where the big conflict happens with, with a controlling healthcare system that says, oh, I will fix you. Mm. It's never the therapy that fixes the body. It's the body that uses a therapy to heal from inside. So an adjustment of the spinal cord, which is the tree of life, the, the whole foundation of the body is through the spinal cord because everything's controlled from the brain, the spinal cord. Um, an adjustment will free up that power, electricity, energy, chi, whatever you want to call it from above and let it travel down and then out through the body. So um, that's why it's so important um, to adjust the way you look at your body. And you can go, all right, so I am going to work on things that are going to heal me from inside out. Um, so the, the physical body, the, you know, the organs, the glands, the muscles are all controlled by electrical cables that come from your spine into the body. Um, and if we just looked to the nervous system, yeah. 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 And, and the, that's, that's, the, that's the key focus of the chiropractor is to go, all right, how do I look at the spine like a window into your body to go, oh, well, the nerves that are going to your arms um, also going to your chest and lungs. So if we open them up, it makes perfect sense that that, that conduction increased, improved conduction of electricity outwards and feedback coming back to the body is going to improve. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple, very simple principle. Acupuncture is the same. It's putting needles along those cables to make sure the cables are conducting forward and backwards, not just to the arms and legs, but to mm. organs and glands and tissues in the body. Mm. Absolutely. So that, you know, it's, it's simple. It's very simple. And it, um, you know, I've been in practice for 25 years and I, I, it works. It's a very simple principle of looking carefully at the body on how can I get the channels open so the body can express itself good. Um, and some people conduct electricity through the body um, enough to power up a lamp you know like some people are really slow and low conductors and that can be big for all sorts of reasons and some people are high voltage and they have their own consequences too because they can fry they can fry the circuits you know if you look at us like electricians we're really making sure that the power is getting to all of the the you know the, the lights and the computers and the fans and the it, it's not just about replacing end organs in the body or cutting one out because it's disease about going okay how do we get that that, that power all the way through rather than just look at the symptom at the end point. You can mm. only look for the whole cable system to make sure it's working well. Mm. So always, always looking from above down, inside out. Yeah. Um, so does that summarize the, the nervous yeah, system absolutely. side? Yeah, absolutely. And regulation. And then the endocrine. Yeah, the endocrine. Oh, but I just want to touch on quickly just what you said there in terms of regulation and being able to regulate our nervous systems because that's something that I've personally experienced from having, you know, been adjusted now, I think for about eight years or so. Being able to regulate my own nervous system and being able to distinguish what it feels like when I am in harmony. So in the beginning when I first used to get those adjustments, it was like, oh like what you were just saying about that electricity being put on it was like whoa what is this? And sometimes it still happens where like you really, and I'll, oh, okay, it takes me a minute to get there. But it also has given me a vantage point as to what it feels like when I am in harmony. And for us then being able to find different tools and strategies in our day to bring us back to that place. 
So what you said before about having the foundations, you know, making sure that we're breathing well. And I know that you're an advocate of all of these things, meditation, eating well, moving our body, getting in nature, being around loved ones. These are all ways that we regulate the nervous system. And sometimes we need something to uh, to trigger that remembering too. And that's what I just wanted to say to people. Find the tools that you were just speaking to and that is not a substitute for us being able to self-regulate, but it is an avenue into us being able to acknowledge that. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating thing um, for me to observe every day. There's some people I'll say to them, um, you know, how does that feel? And they say, I don't know. And I say, well, you do. You just have to tune in to your needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very common that people don't know, whether they've had enough water or not. Mm. And yet they'll be dry, they'll be, they'll be sore. And, and my largest recommendation is telling people to drink water. <laughs> and, they, and people go, oh, my gosh, it's a miracle. I feel so much better. I'm like, well, you know. Um, and that's because we're so tuned out to our needs. Mm-hmm. And so what you're describing is someone who's consistently reset the... Um, the fuse box to go, Oh, I have this much power running through my system. And if you're not well fed or you're not well watered or you're not warm enough or you're some, then you, your, your body has to escalate. So um, there's some key fundamentals we can probably discuss another time about, you know, am I, am I just looking up to the basics? Am I watered? Am I correctly fed? Am I too stimulated by caffeine or sugar or stimulants um, so that I'm on a stress edge? Um, mm-hmm. And really, it's, it's not hard. It's simple food, exercise, breathing, um, water that really help the body be quite stable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have to say 80% of people are totally out of touch with their body's basic needs. And so an adjustment will reconnect you to those needs and it's a big surprise for a lot of people. Mm. And if you're sitting there going, I don't even know if I'm hungry and I usually wait till my bladder is bursting before I go to the toilet or I haven't, I wouldn't know if I've taken deep enough breaths. Um, it's a, it's a really, it's, it's part of that tuning back in and making yourself stable center as a stable center to go, hmm, actually I need more water. Mm. or I'm actually hungry um, or some people don't know when they're full. So they just keep eating mm. and they wonder why they're fat. You know, you've got to go, Whoa, you know, you own, your stomach is the size of your two fists put together. Mm. If you're eating more than that, you're stuffing yourself at any feed that mm. your hands, when you put them together, that's the size of your stomach. So you can never really fit more than that in your stomach unless you want to create stress for your stomach. Mm-hmm. And if you're not very active, that should only be once or twice a day that you fill that pouch. But if you're fairly active three times, just because everyone has been eating three meals a day does not mean you're meant to eat three meals a day. Mm-hmm. If you're not very active and you're not doing much, you don't need to fill that pouch so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty simple, but our self-regulation is generally very poor. Mm-hmm. We've never been taught to go within and say, oh, I might be, I'm full. Mm-hmm. So that that's a really important um, and easy place to start. It's just sitting down with yourself and going, hmm, I should have about 30 milliliters of water um, 
for every kilogram of body weight that I have every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you weigh 80 kilograms like I do, um, that's 2.4 liters a day. So come on, Simon, have you had 2.4 liters of water every day? Yes or no. And then you give yourself that feedback mm-hmm. and you start, to, you start to tune in better, which means you water the body better and it's healthier for it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm all about making it easy to win and a bit playful and fun to go, wow, oh, you know, self-regulation. So, yeah, the adjustments will enhance that. And the more, more adjustments I find that I get, um, the more in tune I get because the nervous system is, is, is like a car that's been serviced well. it runs better um mm. and then crossing over into the endocrine system so the endocrine system is your hormone system and it's more fine and hormones down you don't ever get arrival into um dietary needs into the body it constantly goes up and down so we've got to watch that in a different way it's like this gentle ebb we've got to create so you have your pituitary gland which is the master control gland and that secretes the stimulation from above from inside out into the body and it it goes through the thyroid which can train um, controls your heart regulation your hot and cold temperature your fluid retention your um, um, metabolism and then it trickles down through your body to your adrenal glands which creates your you know your your fright and flight and your you know, intensity of energy um, in the body. And then it goes down into your sex glands or it goes into your thymus up the top here, which is your immune system, keeps the immune system going up and down depending on what, what, what the army needs to fight in any given day. And we're constantly fighting bugs. So the body's going up and then it's putting the soldiers away and it just needs to work like that. And then you get, you know, you get up and you get going with work. So you get a bit of adrenaline and then the body starts to taper it back when you're relaxing and then in nighttime it winds it down hopefully some people it doesn't um and then the same thing with your sex glands you know your, your testosterone your your estrogen it's it's working through your cycles of reproduction um to fire you up or or, or relax you down so we our job with the, the the hormone system is to listen again to all the swinging needs of the hormone and endocrine system to allow us to navigate our days in that in that hormone sense um again most people just whip their adrenal glands at the start of the day with caffeine they push themselves up and then they sedate themselves down at night with wine and they push the push the hormone system up and down so they're using a very physical approach to something that that is uh, you know starts to wash us through that that spiritual zone to go okay well maybe i need to also work with my headspace and my my um, my spiritual needs um, and my you know my bigger picture for my life my planning my and then I also need to communicate better I need to you know, communication with your loved ones with yourself you know journaling or just expressing yourself with other people is an important part of a daily dynamic communicating well with people versus feeling all choked up and blocked up and then um, you know, intimate relationships, you know, your menstrual cycle, your, your, your testosterone cycle, you've got to just work with those things rather than push and force, which is really where we've, we've come from the last generation. 
Um, mm. When you start to, you sit in the wash of hormones and listen to them better, you start to become a flowing human being instead of just someone who's manufacturing a life. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's that's that. the, that's the that's the nature of the of the endocrine system. Yeah, and the reason that I wanted you to touch on that was because we've just really spoken to a lot of the fundamentals and the foundations right now. Because I have been getting the sense that this is so important for people to remember. We're collectively moving into how do I put this in a way that doesn't make people, you know, jump into that fear, but we are moving into a time of destruction where old paradigms are physically in the external world falling away. And in order for us to be able to navigate this time in a way that we are able to remain conscious and connected to our higher selves and to source energy, which is where I strongly believe all of the, solutions are going to come from we need to be in a place that it's accessible and if we are not doing these things if we are not aware of the basic physical fundamentals of our human body and how they engage and interact with those higher parts of ourselves then we are not going to be delivering and being of service into the reason that we are all here and the people that are listening to this they have such an important role to play. And I continually say this on most of the episodes to drive it home. You have a role to play in this, but if we are not solid within ourselves and taking care of ourselves and remembering these things and learning how to nourish and look after our bodies, because it is not up to a governing body or anyone external to us to learn how to take care of our health. Our sovereignty is not found there. We need to come back here and go, okay, what is it that I need to do to create that responsibility and teach in our own communities and teach in our own families and become the healers of our own lives because that is where we create the ripples out into the external world and we start shifting the reliance on something external. And that's why I felt you were also such an important person to have on because you have such insight into that and you see it day in, day out and you see the different variances of where people are at in this dramatic shift because the change is going to be it is going to happen very swiftly for many as well without them being conscious of it right now but it's again how do we anchor back in how can we just go okay back over here don't get too caught up out there witness it observe it but you first you first yeah Yeah. so i I tell you um something we might to to finish on this is um i um we're all human, right? So it's natural and normal to go through your physical sense of alarm or stress or worry about what's happening. But um, I like to pull it back and stand on the edge of the earth really and go, okay. Um, so what this is like is, is and I live in, in the mountains. Um, and so winter in the mountains is very cold. Mm-hmm. And I feel myself getting despondent in the middle of winter. Um, and although in Australia we're in summer, it feels odd to talk about this, but I don't know if you can remember the last winter, but when it's winter time, you get to a point where you just have had enough mm-hmm. and you winter, winter is a death time mm-hmm. and it happens every year. Autumn is a dying time. Um, and we're not in autumn we're we're crossing really into winter and, um, there's a winter of the soul, a winter of the planet, and maybe the northern hemispheres, they're, they're feeling that depth of winter. And um, it's a natural death. But what does happen in the middle of winter is 
all of the bulbs burst through the soil well before they flower to give us hints of spring and hope for spring. And I find myself every year, um, we, have a, a, we had a, a stillborn son and we, we scattered his ashes across the front of our house and we planted hundreds of these bulbs. And he reminds me every year because these bulbs burst through in the heart of winter when it's the coldest and the, the windiest and the wettest time when I'm feeling the most despondent. And there's these little green stubs of spring that come. And I go, ah, there's my hope that spring is coming. <laughs> and then I sit there and I reflect on what is actually coming is spring. And it will always come after winter. It always has. There's no reason for me to, to um, question whether it's going to come and the hints. So when I sit in my meditation and feel despondent, I go, okay, sh show me the hints of spring. <laughs> um, and I do see these hints of spring already. And maybe that's what we could all do now is to go, what are the hints of spring? We all know that we've been longing for the changes to our environment, to our world. And, and so there's hints for you in your life that things are going to be okay. And I've got two children, two of my sons live in Barcelona and we're in Australia and we can't travel. And yet I know um, there's this hotel that we're going to be staying at that's close to where my kids live. And that's the hint of spring for me to go somehow, somewhere, I'm going to be over in Barcelona and seeing my children again. And I don't know when that'll be. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it's going to be okay for me to travel there and see them and dine with them and walk the streets with them. And that's my hints of spring. And, and, and that's what we've got to hang on to in a time when you start to feel the depth of winter really biting at you mm. to go, all right, I've got to get through this winter. I also have these, um, these, these uh, flip-flops or, um, or slides, you know, in my cupboard mm -hmm. that in the middle of winter, when I can't even fathom it being warm enough to wear my slides, because you get to a point where you go, there's no way I've got to put my boots and my warm socks and my pants on. <laughs> I look at my slides in, in wintertime and go, I'm coming for you. Um, they're, my hints, they're my hints of spring, you know? So it, it's important for you to find your hints of spring and go, all right, I can weather any storm. I can weather another winter. Mm -hmm. But there is going to be spring. And there always has been and there always will be. We just have mm -hmm. to keep hold of that. Mm -hmm. um, and... And that's really, that's, that's really all we've got on our side is to find something. And it needs to talk deeply to you and allow all your energy centers to go, oh, yes, I can bathe in that hope of spring because mm -hmm. um, we will get there. There is going to be, be a great transformation. And just because we don't know exactly what it's going to look like and we can't control it doesn't mean it's not coming. Mm. Yes, I agree with that 100%. Mm -hmm. Yes, he certainly is. And vitality is where they can find you in terms of practice as well, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. I'll make sure to link yeah. everything in the show notes, but thank you so much. It is always such an honor to be able to chat with you, especially about this sort of stuff because yeah, you've got so much knowledge and wisdom. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's an honor and a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
Now, before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here with me and wanting to do your part in recreating the status quo. If you got something out of today's episode, I would love if you could leave me a review and forward this on to anyone that you feel would benefit or even share it on your socials. I just want to close by saying I appreciate you. And until next time, remember that together we truly do rise.